0: On this week's episode of the Shut Up and Build Bikes podcast, I share my interview with Now Tommy of Tommy Cycles in Austin, Texas. Each week on the Shut Up and Build Bikes podcast, I get on the phone and I talk to someone in the bike frame building world for about an hour about their story, about how they got started in frame building, the things that they learned along the way. And I like to really talk about perspectives and why we care about the different parts of the process that we really care about or have opinions about. So this week, my guest is Naotomi. He's in Austin, Texas, and he makes really beautiful steel bikes that are fillet brazed uh, and TIG welded. And um, he has a background in art, and I think it kind of shows his bikes are very beautiful. Uh, The handwork with, you know, custom rack details and chain guards on city bikes and um, some different pieces that he has water jet cut to his specification. And then he brazes into the bikes. Really cool stuff. He has some bells you know for like <laughs> on your commuter bike when you you need to tell some pedestrians to get out of your way you know ring your bell uh he he takes some of those and hand hammers them and they're just gorgeous uh just the the whole thing is just a a very beautiful machine that he produces and uh had to had to get his story on the shut up and build bikes podcast
1: i came to the um us 1998 for, for art school I went to our—it's uh, called la uh, Mozer College. It's a—it's a—it's a very small art school in Boston. And then I went there for two years. Mm-hmm. And after graduate, I found this sculpting job. Um, so I was full-time sculptor, mold maker. Um, Casting. I was doing a lot of restorations because a lot of uh, old sculptures and old buildings in Boston. Mm-hmm. So well, I was doing that. And then around 2006, I bought the cheap bike, started riding, and then um, so started changing parts. That wasn't enough, so I started a um, little company called 3R. that time, I was making channeling, but I wasn't machinist, so I just hand drew my idea and then went to a machine shop, and they cut channelings for me, mm-hmm. and that was really fun. But I wasn't machinist, so I, wasn't, I was not the guy making yeah. this stuff. So I, 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 um, I really want to make my own stuff. Yeah. And, and, and then Boston, Boston is a cold city, but there's a lot of builders out there. And then I met um, a lot of builders, a lot of cyclists, and then I, um, I saw their work. I'm like, whoa, this is like, a, this is like a sculpture. Yeah. I want to build my own. And then I met Ian from Icarus Cycles,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then he taught me fillet uh, Brazing, and then I made my first frame with him back in 2011, and then I started making my own bicycles. After that, I met um, Yoshi from Quarry Cycles. Mm-hmm. He taught me um, Tig weld, so... Right now, I do both fillet Brazing or Tigo World bikes. And then, 2014, I moved to Austin mm-hmm. from too cold to too hot. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I guess I'm getting old. I like I like too hot better than too cold. <laughs> <laughs> But I did it like Aussie now, um, so yeah, I um, I'm a full time frame builder at the moment. Yeah.
0: yeah, and so so you you went to art school in Boston. You were working in um yep. uh you know sculpture work. Uh, that was the mm. work that you were doing was with. Sc- with sculpture and stuff and, and foundering Mm. things and you got into bikes, started making bikes. I think it's cool. Mm. Uh, some of your bikes have had a, is it bronze cast head badge, right?
1: It's a pewter.
0: Pewter. Okay.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. And, uh, so, and I've known some other frame builders who would cast their own head badges, uh, but you mm-hmm. know you had quite a bit of experience with parts of that and with you know design mm-hmm. and the aesthetics. And I think a head badge is one of the coolest things that you can c- control oh, aesthetically you. and creatively on a bike. And I did a uh, on my YouTube series about frame building. I, I covered a bunch of head badges, but I just feel like mm-hmm. that the maker's mark really is a mm-hmm. is a cool and fun thing that you can do with a bike. And I think you've mm. done that really well with yours, not only with that cast head badge, you have some other details that you've done also, but um, mm. tell us some about that head badge that you've done and the casting and and the design that went into that.
1: So the head badge idea, so, so, uh, so since, you know, so I used to make a lot of sculptures and then casting, mold making stuff. I want to use my skill, that skill to... Uh, Bicycles. So I really want um real handmade stuff on the head badge. So I sculpt with hard clay and then make a lava mold mm-hmm. and then cast pewter. But I mean, <laughs> nowadays it's a, sort of, it's a real handmade, but you know, with all the 3d printing, that kind of stuff. I mean, you can make it just like this but i want to i want to say this is uh, handmade yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, ab- absolutely
0: yeah. and you can mm. see that with a lot of the stuff that you do i mean bikes when you make them one at a time in your shop mm. uh they're handmade mm. of course but um mm. i can see that you know the videos that i've seen of you um On your Instagram, you know, like hammering your, your brass bells, for instance, Mm. you know, there's, Mm. there's a lot of handwork that goes into this and, Mm. um, and it is special, you know, when you go into a bike shop on a Saturday afternoon and you buy a bike off the shelf, it might be a nice bike, Mm. but it doesn't Mm. have that same spirit and like human connection as something that was really made by somebody's hands. And, uh, you know, you Mm. see that in your work. Mm -hmm. Um, is that head badge, the pewter mm. one, was that riveted mm. on?
1: Yeah, it's a uh, uh, very tiny, yeah, screws, not rivet okay. uh, screws. Uh, like a little bolt, yeah. Mm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So
0: um, you were interested in frame building, you're in Boston, you you met mm. Ian from Icarus Cycles, taught you fillet brazing, and uh, Yoshi, mm. uh, who does Koalas Cycles, taught mm-hmm. you TIG welding. Mm. What what was that learning process for you like? Did you find like it was um, because of your other experiences um, that it mm. was hard for you to... I mean, you know, bike frame building presents a lot of challenges, you know, making a frame straight, getting the design to where you <laughs> like it. Uh, yeah. What was that learning process like B- because of your previous experiences with metalwork were parts of it easy and parts of it challenging?
1: Yeah, it was very interesting because actually I never had the metal skills. Before the frame building, I see. Mm, so, uh, I mean, the company I used to work for, they used to make um, like a lot of bronze statues. Mm-hmm. But so we we make clay model, make a mold, and then ship the mold to foundry. I see. So yeah, I I wasn't the guy casting bronze. So I, I never yeah I never had the metal skills. So that was a very interesting part. Mm-hmm. and, um you know with sculpture sometimes like mistake makes good way, but for for bikes, if a mistake is a mistake <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's the big difference, yeah, so, I'm not really smart guy, so all the numbers you know uh that was kind of difficult
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh part um I mean, it's no really freedom freedom. So, but yeah, it's just still very interesting interesting uh sculpture to me. Yeah. Um yeah.
0: Absolutely. But, mm. a, a lot of your bikes have really special details. Um you have a lot of racks and you have the chain mm-hmm. guard and the bell mm-hmm. and mm. some fenders on some of these bikes and uh mm. Uh, you know, carved lugs. Uh, You have Mm. some water, I I imagine water jet cut parts for bridges Mm. and logos and things. And it's, uh, Mm. I see it as, it is very sculptural. You know, if you just had the diamond frame itself and if you just bought tubes from Bike Fab Supply and if you bought dropouts and I had tube from Paragon Machine, you could just weld Mm. it together straight lines Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't, Mm -hmm. there wouldn't be a lot of um, expressive or personalized custom details and it would Mm. it could be a very good bike but i see Mm. with the work that you do and it's also i didn't even mention paint uh there's Mm. just so many uh custom points on on your bikes that um i think all work together really well and and look very sharp one thing i want to talk about is when when did Mm. you start making chain guards
1: guards. uh for uh, ct bikes Mm -hmm. um um actually those chain guards are uh not for custom by me. Mm-hmm. So I, I usually buy um uh a cheap chain guard from like a Bed orange. Okay. And then cut uh drill holes and then make a make a um modifications and then make it look cool. Yeah. Um uh, yeah. Um,
0: and uh the hardware do you mm. do you customize oh, and hardware. modify the hardware
1: yeah i usually make my um own hardware yeah uh mount on the down tube uh or c2 or chance day um it's all stainless
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah no mm. that i think that makes a huge difference the the hardware mm. that you put on any mm. assembly mm-hmm. uh tends mm. to make a, a really big standout you'll see that like uh if you're just making a crude tool in your own shop to get the job done and you don't really have the fasteners you need, but you just want mm-hmm. to get it done, you can make something. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. if you actually get just the right, you know, stainless bolts or whatever that you need mm-hmm. for the specific task, things just look yeah. so much better. And so like, that's a big oh, part of what you. I do with my tools is I'm just trying to make stuff look sharp. You know, you get the right mm-hmm. appropriate hardware that's the right size and proportion. And, you know, for the, for the, functional part of it but also for the aesthetic part of it and so mm. with something like you could buy a mm. chain guard from Velo Orange off the shelf but just mm. by changing the hardware and putting direct mounts to your down tube and integrating it better mm-hmm. in the frame even mm. that is a big step up uh, in terms mm-hmm. of how it looks and probably how it functions and then you're also mm. you know carving it and cutting holes and that sort of thing so uh, yeah that really makes a difference because you can't buy something like that that's integrated uh, so well you, you have uh, to get it custom
1: yeah, people always asking me they want to buy those <laughs> in like a rack or a chain guard. But it's made to fit specific bikes. Yeah. So can't really <laughs> Yeah, sell those unless they can bring the bike to my shop.
0: Yeah. When I uh, when I yeah. saw Todd from Black Cat Cycles at NAB's a uh-huh. couple years ago, uh-huh. he had he had a uh-huh. small batch a a bunch of uh, dropouts produced for him to his design mm. for his bikes. Oh, and yeah. Really make, cool. Yeah. And I asked him, I was mm. like, oh, would you sell those to other builders? And he said, sure. You know, like it it comes with a frame. Like you have to buy the whole thing, <laughs> basically. You know, oh. and, um, <laughs> but, you know, the same could you said yeah. for your racks yeah. or your fenders, I'm sure, or for uh, all those details, yeah. is that it's just, it's, yeah. it's not always practical to make them uh, one-off. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, that's maybe uh-huh. not why you're in it. You're not in the, you're not in the, uh, chain guard business—you're probably in the business of making whole bikes, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you know, um, so those chain guard or racks or little bag for the uh, canvas, um, you know, that's only available for the owners. So that's yeah. a, that makes kind of special. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um. So. I recently just this mm. last week, I think you posted pictures of a bike. That's really cool looking. Mm. It's a, I don't know what color you would call it. I would call it like a pink salmon or something. Mm-hmm. And it's got a, the, the seat stay bridge, I think has a cutout. That's like a cactus. Uh, yep. that's a really cool bike. Tell us about that one. Like who's the, like, what was the, the idea behind that bike to build it? And what were the considerations that went into some of those details?
1: Yeah. Um, so that one is um, my actually uh, my stock model called Fat Canvas. Mm-hmm. So right now I make I make uh, four custom bikes. Also, I have a uh, two model of a uh, stock stock uh, size frame set, um, which is one is uh, Canvas, which is road road bike. Mm-hmm. And then another one is called Grabo bike, uh, um, a fat canvas. Oh, I see. And then the the pink one is a fat canvas. Takes uh fat tire, um, Grabo geometry, uh, MB fork, and then and then small lack. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a fun bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. The little bridge I made um I wanna something fun so I was thinking about little like um kind of like a i say like okay maybe takes us kind of like yeah accent, and then i uh, I came up with this idea, putting cactus. Mm-hmm. But after I built the bike, uh, I noticed this kind of cactus doesn't grow in Texas. <laughs> only in Arizona. That's funny. <laughs> so some people, they're like, oh, that's not growing in Texas. <laughs> that kind of stuff. But yeah. So,
0: Did you cut yeah. that with a jeweler saw? Or was that made with like a like a laser laser cutting or water this jet one, process? This uh,
1: one, water jet. Um made by my friend Sid. Um mm-hmm. he cut for me. Uh like I said, I um I don't I don't do any like a water jet or a machine stuff, my shop and yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't know anything about it. <laughs> so yeah, he cut it for me, yeah.
0: Yeah, so you just draw it up and send it over mm-hmm. and say you want it out of uh, you know, this this material and there. yeah. that's
1: yeah. great and then after the usually uh i paint inside the cactus and the moon hole mm mm-hmm. i paint paint i paint inside of it so yeah. make it looks a little cute it is yeah it was very cute it's like a mm-hmm. scene it's
0: not um, <laughs> yeah sometimes you'll see a logo uh, like mm-hmm. i know um chris bishop is the master of this he's got his little um bishop logo planted all over the bike and, mm-hmm. um, and I love the way he does that. He's very tasteful with that. But what's cool about the Seat Stay Bridge is that it's like a whole scene because there's a cactus uh, and then there's also a, a moon or is that a sun? I think you said it was mm-hmm. a moon. Uh, it, it, it actually, it makes that mm-hmm. whole area look like a scene and you imagine like the desert and it's, it's so cool. It's mm-hmm. like if it was just a cactus it would be a yeah. symbol of the desert, mm-hmm. but because there's the two and they're spatially separated, mm-hmm. it makes it feel like a whole scene. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know that I've seen something quite like that on a bike. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah. The, uh, the hole, the moon hole is also among
0: Oh, cool. So it's, <laughs> it's functional too.
1: Yeah. yeah, Yes.
0: I didn't even realize that it is on center. So I guess that makes sense, but yet like it blends into the scene so well, it doesn't mm-hmm. even look um, mm-hmm. like it's, uh, yeah, it doesn't even look functional but it, of course it is. That's mm-hmm. that's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks.
0: There's um I, I, I used to play guitar a lot and one of mm. my one of my most coveted guitars mm. that I wanted was this like early 90s um, mm. signature model that mm. was made in made in Japan as Ibanez <laughs> signature model for this oh. guy Frank Gambale and it's exactly oh. the same color as this bike and it, it just Weird. It, yeah I'll send you a picture. It reminds me so oh, much yeah. of this guitar that I coveted and I almost bought one uh-huh. or two at different times. But anyway, um, uh-huh. very, very sharp. So do you do the paint work on these or do you work with someone else?
1: So um, the pink one, that was a uh, powder coat. Okay. Done by a local shop. Yeah. And then if... So the uh, wet paint is an option. Mm-hmm. Um, so if... If people want a fancy paint job, I usually ship the bike. I mean, the frame to um, like Massachusetts or Colorado. Mm -hmm. Those guys, yeah.
0: Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. Mm. the The Mm. pink one you're saying is uh, powder coat, but I mean, that's a high gloss finish that looks really sharp. A lot of times when you get powder coat, it has a little bit Mm. of like that um, um, eggshell texture to it which is yeah. fine but this this looks really sharp actually it looks a lot like almost like you buffed it or something so it's it looks really good the p-
1: powder coat is very tricky yeah uh you know uh depends what kind of car who 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 puts the powder on mm-hmm. a lot of powder coat company I um, mean, they they don't care about the bicycle yeah <laughs> they 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 always paint uh, like a big industrial stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. So w- when they paint bikes, they they don't care about the details. So, yeah. but I really care. So <laughs> yeah. it was. It, I had tough time. I tried so many different company, and then finally I found one I really like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty happy about it. When you find
0: those <laughs> supply lines that suit oh. your needs. It's um, what a relief, you know. And it's it's not always easy. It takes, it takes mm. some trying. And sometimes you'll have something where it, it kind of fits your needs and it kind of works. But it's mm. like, do I go to the trouble of trying new people all the time? Because that's exhausting. Yeah. But I would, mm. st- you know, maybe you still like something better, and it's it's a battle.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always scary. Painter, <laughs> they can they can either make make my frame even nicer yeah. what well, they can make <laughs> no no good yeah so yeah
0: what was the uh inspiration for the the cycling caps that you make with the watermelon theme to them am i right that that's a watermelon mm-hmm.
1: theme watermelon yes yes um people like that stuff
0: those are cute
1: <laughs> yeah thank you uh so one of uh, my cutter idea using my logo to divide two colors, you know, up and bottom part. Mm-hmm. I, I've been doing that paint cutter for a while, and then I like to use that idea for the caps. Yeah. So I was thinking about a lot of different kind of combination, and then I I I was painting green and kind of pink orange and I'm like oh this looks like a watermelon and mm-hmm. then I started putting dots <laughs> and then <laughs> and it looks really cute yeah so yeah that was the idea yeah um mm. it's a good uh summer cap yeah
0: yeah yeah I, I need to are those in your web store I, I think I need to get one of those
1: yeah oh thanks yeah Yeah, and they're made by um, Rosera Caps in Austin.
0: Oh, cool. Mm. That's very cool. Mm.
1: Um,
0: I know years ago you made a a bike for one of your children, and you made it so that it would Mm. fit something like 20-inch wheels, but that it would also fit... 24 inch something along those lines because you know Mm -hmm. kids kids are like weeds they just grow so fast Mm. and so you wanted to make too fast yeah you wanted Mm. to make a a bike for your child which is really special and and cool but you were Mm. trying to be a little practical about how to do it so that it wouldn't immediately become obsolete um yeah Yeah. what, what is it like designing a bike for a kid and designing a bike that is you know for a rider of variable size like that
1: yeah so um so i want to make a bike to adjust wheel size because that way i don't have to build bikes every two years (laughs) i mean i can i can go to a bike shop and buy cheap uh kids bike but since i'm building bikes i want them to ride my bikes too yeah so i designed to fit from 20-inch, 20 24, and 26 too. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, um, to get a uh, geometry idea, I took all the uh, different size bikes from website, and I kind of combined all together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, my son rode it almost seven years. So wow. And then got... Then got too small. uh, I repainted, and then now it's my daughter' bike. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah.
0: You getting quite a bit of use out of that.
1: (laughs) Mm. And then actually, I mean, kids—they don't care about this bike. It's all all parents' stuff. (laughs) You know, uh, bike geek, bike geek. uh, Dad likes this kind of bike. You know, Uh because when they Changing parts, you know, when they get taller, start changing wheels, crankset. So that's that's really fun part. And then when you go to like uh, parks, all the parents, they love this bike. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, yeah. You
0: made a, a, a stem top cap uh, a little while ago and you mentioned hmm. using your, your Dremel to make it. That's very beautiful. Was that all oh, handwork h- hand with a Dremel?
1: Yes. I got a uh, um, brass cap from Better Orange. Mm-hmm. And then I use a yes, cheap Dremel tool. Yeah. Actually, Dremel is great. Uh, my Dremel is almost 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Still working strong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you have to replace the brushes on the motor?
1: No, actually not. Wow. Yeah, still good. So. That's great.
0: I had uh, one of mine died, and uh-huh. I was not very handy, and so I just bought another one. And uh-huh. then later I learned that there's a little bit of user serviceability with the brushes on the motor, and so I uh-huh. I never bothered to figure any of that out. But there's uh-huh. whatever kind of motor that is. I don't know that much about motors. But anyway, uh-huh. um, you can take the – on the sides, there's the little things that unscrew, and you can take the brushes out, the carbon brushes. And, oh, Mess Good with to this. Know. So if you ever have issues, yeah, look into that
1: before you. Oh yeah, thank you. <laughs>
0: Twenty years on an old <laughs> treble, thats great. Yeah, and
1: they're—they're
0: they're a simple tool, but they just—you um when you get the right cutter and the right task, they—they they work awesome.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I use it every day, so
0: yeah. Yeah, I—I uh mm. I would use it as like an angle grinder a lot of times with the cutoff disc to cut off small things, and it wasn't mm. until about a year ago that I finally bought a proper angle grinder, and which which mm-hmm. is. Way better for cutting through anything big or heavy, but um, for the mm. small stuff, the Dremel gives you more control.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah, with the uh, the flex shaft.
0: Oh, hold. oh, you got the nice one. <laughs> mm, mm, yeah, no, no, nice
1: one. The shaft is only like what twenty, thirty dollars. I yeah, see. So, yeah, okay. yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, people have told me that the Fordham tool is the real nice one. That it's a small rotary tool, but it's just whatever. It's it's. Apparently a lot well, nicer, but I've never used one.
1: Yeah, I think the best one is those uh the one dentist use. Oh. Yeah. Those are awesome. Super smooth. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't need those, so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. So mm. I mentioned this before, but um you know on a city bike you might have a little bell that you can ring with your thumb. Mounted on the yep. handlebars, right? Everybody knows mm-hmm. about those. Uh, you you take a product that Velo Orange or somebody makes, and then mm. you modify it and turn it into something yep. you know really quite beautiful by hand hammering Thank it you. and by doing a, like an acid hatch or something along those lines. Um, mm. What's what's the story with those? And how long have you been doing that?
1: I've been making that bell for pretty maybe like four years now. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I mean. It's nobody making like this, I, I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Still, nobody's copied this too.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> so too, <that's> much <laughs> too much work. Too much work.
1: Yes, I know, it's too much work. But uh, this build, it, it's really fun to make for me because between frame building, the, uh, it's completely different process you know the hammering metal is it's it's not it's an awful bicycle yeah frame so uh, uh, it's it's a very good um like a relax between frame building mhm so the idea i mean the process is i got yes the cheap bell from bell orange took apart um hammering um and then dip in the chemical to make a patina mhm yeah but um looks looks pretty easy to make from my video but um actually I spend a lot of time <laughs> <laughs> making like uh deep, you know um the good um textures and yeah. the sound too so how does the sound
0: change when you do the hammering?
1: every single bell I make it's all all, all different kind of sound wow. so that's that's because the texture I can't, I can't control the sound, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's actually the unique part of the bell. Yeah. mm. Well, if,
0: if you, uh, if you play drums and you buy, you know, the, the cymbals mm. for the drum set um, Mm. nicer ones, not all Mm. of them, but a lot of them are hand hammered. Mm. And that's like a, you know, they'll say hand hammered on them. Although I imagine a lot of them, there's less attention put in, but uh, uh, yeah. But there, there's allegedly some sort of art to that and, and some, you know, mm-hmm. some direction that somebody who knows what they're doing would have to getting mm-hmm. the result they want. And it just, and it looks cool. You know, it just looks like a, like a nice mm. handmade good. Yes. Yeah.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, mm. So when you first started making bike parts, they were these chain rings. Uh, mm. Those ones, did they have hearts I think in them, right?
1: Parts. The the shape of a heart. You mean uh, like
0: a heart shape?
1: Oh yeah, the heart chandling. That was actually uh, the heart chandling. That was after I started building bikes. Okay. Um, I'm a good friends with uh, Aaron from Iron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So we I had a heart idea he he got um he got um the chaining idea we combined together and they made a heart chain ring um, the other chainings I used to make before mm-hmm. frame building time that was company called 3R and then I was making like a truck chain ring um, with uh, a company called Renin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: they're in Boston too so um, yeah I got design idea um, he that time he was already making his chainring so yeah yeah mm-hmm.
0: Ch- chainrings on a fixed gear bike are pretty interesting because a fixed mm. gear bike is such a simple machine and mm. p- uh, what makes it part of what makes them so beautiful is that they're so simple and so Uh, as Mm. like someone coming to it with aspirations to make it even more aesthetically Mm. pleasing and whatever, you don't want to clutter it up and make it um, too busy. Right. It's like, that's the beauty Mm. of it is that it's simple. And Mm -hmm. so what do you have left? You know, you're not going to add parts, but you can take something like a chain ring. uh, You can take Mm. some little component and you can just try to do it in a different way or more artfully. And so, yeah, uh, Aaron, who does, you know, the arm chain rings, which are pretty popular. Those have a really cool mm-hmm. aesthetic to them. Yeah. And, um, yeah. uh, and the, the, the heart ones that you've done, I've seen, I'm not sure if I've seen the older ones that you had done, uh, but mm. it's, it's, you know, like when you pare down the bike to such a limited, simple form, then every little piece of it ends up having mm-hmm. sort of a louder voice in the context of the, the finished thing. And so it's, uh, it becomes a real opportunity with something like a chain ring on a single speed or a fixed gear.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, he makes great stuff. I mean, you make great stuff. All the machine (laughs) guys are awesome. I wish, I wish I had that kind of skills. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's it's fun. But, um,
0: you know, I I think what I see with what you do is you're a little bit more directly related to the, um, Hmm. the finished product or something. It's like mine needs to have a little more scale behind it. Um, you know, that's the beauty of it is that you can you can make things to a certain price point because it's maybe easier to produce, but you have to keep producing them all the time and uh, and usually mm-hmm. the same way. And so it's kind of cool to see, you know, with like the handmade component of a bike and especially someone like yourself that does more of the handwork, uh, you know, each one can be a little bit more creative and unique. And that's really awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh. So, something I want to ask you about is the community in Austin. Yep. I know that mm. uh, I, I interviewed uh, Mark from Chumba. Uh, there's mm. there's a couple people in Austin. Uh, what's mm. it? What's the community like there for riding and frame building and and all of that?
1: Um, um, I'm still new to Austin, so I don't know a lot of people. But for frame building guys, um, it's it's not much here. Mm-hmm. I think I think we need more builders. So there's <laughs> a, so many, uh, a lot of cyclists and the bike shops here. Mm-hmm. And the cycling community is huge here. So, but uh, I guess, this is my guess, but a lot of people, they don't know about um, uh, handmade bicycles. Mm-hmm. So I think, if if we have more builders, people start knowing. Oh, this is a uh, different. Um, so we we can do like a little shows in Austin. Mm-hmm. So it's it's good for frame builders, I think. So we we definitely need more builders. But yeah, yeah, the cycling is awesome. I mean, we can ride all year. Yeah, I mean, summer is hot, but winter is awesome. <laughs> so yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's mm. that's great. I mean, where you were at in Boston mm. uh, was such a hotbed for frame building. I I, I sometimes think that Boston would have been the bike Mm. manufacturing capital of the United States, you know, through the Mm. eighties into the nineties. I'm not not sure (laughs) if everybody would agree with me, but you had fat city and you had Merlin, you had um, Mm. all these different companies, seven Mm -hmm. cycles now, Indy fab, just a lot of firefly and so many different Mm. companies that came through there and are still there or, or have come and gone. And so you went from living in Boston and then moving to Austin and, uh, where mm. Austin probably maybe has a bigger cycling community because the climate and because Austin is this weird little, you know, hippie town in Texas. But in uh mm. Boston I actually maybe had more frame building businesses, which is kinda interesting. Uh,
1: mm. Boston's cycling community is also huge too. Yeah. Yeah. I so, mean uh
0: and, and I can't speak to that as well as you can, so you would know uh, better than me. Uh, but <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but definitely a lot of builders. I used to um us used, used to visit a lot of frame builders in Austin area. And then the I mean everybody has their own uh style and then an idea yeah. for to make their frame, which is really fun part. Um and then that's very unique to uh handmade bicycles. So some you know a lot of stuff i like it some stuff i wasn't sure (laughs) so (laughs) the stuff i like i use the skills or idea to my bike so yeah yeah but it's it's a lot of good great guys out there Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
0: when you're um when you're building bikes these days Uh, Do you build Mm. more TIG-welded bikes or more fillet-braced bikes, or how does it stack up?
1: Right now, uh, I make more TIG-welded bikes. Yeah. Um, But some people, they really like fillet-bracing. Mm-hmm. So I like both. But TIG-weld definitely faster. Yeah. (laughs) So but even TIG-weld bike, um, like a dropout, I usually... Um brazing okay yeah so
0: yeah and that's where you do the the tab the plate style dropouts and you slot the chain stays and you brace them
1: mm yeah 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 so yeah i like to use both mm
0: yeah for sure mhm something that i like to ask everybody that comes on the show is advice that you might have um whether it's advice that you want to give to other frame builders who are you know mm. getting started or if it's advice that you wish you could give to yourself 5 or 10 years mm. ago when you were getting started um because mm. you know inevitably we learn as we go and um mm. yeah i mean like does anything come to mind
1: um uh, yeah i um i always got email um from uh local young guys college student they want to intern me (laughs) so (laughs) yeah i want to say i mean the frame building is definitely fun um i think the best way is going to the little frame building school like yamaguchi or uh what the one what's the one in portland ubi oh ubi yeah 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 uh,
0: metal guru is in new paltz new york
1: Okay. Yeah. And there's some others. I really recommend that um, I was going to go into Yamaguchi but um, that time I uh, um, it was too difficult to go. So um, um, Ian taught me the basics but mm-hmm. uh, to yeah. Um, at the beginning I I only have like um, little torch set up and a few files um and then very really cheap frame jig, so it's not really much to start. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the, I, I guess the difficult part is you have to have a the little space. Yeah. But you know, yeah. a lot of people they have a, a very small space, but they make beautiful bikes. Yeah. Like yeah, so if yeah, if you if people want to start frame building, yeah. Just, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, do you know Peter Mooney?
0: Okay. He did a uh, spectrum, or am I thinking of somebody else?
1: No, this uh, the Peter Mooney. He's a frame builder in okay. Boston. Sorry, he might man. be the oldest. So, but his shop. Oh, I'm thinking of somebody is, else. Yeah. Mm, okay. His shop is super tiny, and then no machine. It's all hand cut um stuff, but he makes amazing, beautiful bikes. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I always I always want a big space, but I'm like, oh same time, oh this is enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I struggle <laughs> with that all the time with what I'm doing and and mm-hmm. something that is inevitable but frustrating to me is that you know you get started in a certain size shop that you can afford that works for you. Mm. And then mm-hmm. if you're actually doing well and succeeding, mm-hmm. then then you work yourself out of your ability to f- fit there and mm-hmm. moving isn't easy. You can't just pay a little bit more money per month to have a bigger shape, a bigger shot. Mm-hmm. Magically. Most people don't have like a flexible boundary to their mm-hmm. space or something. If you're really lucky, mm-hmm. maybe you rent in a space where you can just take over yeah. the next unit in addition or something, but usually it involves yes. a move and moves can be very complicated and, uh, mm. to even just find what you want in the first place, but then at the right prais- mm. price, price mm-hmm. and size that you're allowed to do hot work. It's it's complicated.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think for young guys, I think I maybe nice to if if they can find friends they want to build bikes. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can just get together, renting little space. Also, they can share the tools, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Really
0: helps, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I always <clears throat> uh, wished that I had that. There, I never really knew anybody who was serious about metalwork <clears throat> or or bike frame building or anything in my small towns, and so <clears throat> the spaces that I found were affordable enough that it wasn't <clears throat> too bad, but if I was in a bigger <clears throat> city where there were more <clears throat> people and where <clears throat> shops cost more, then that's what I definitely would have done is to split it with somebody else, because a bigger space split several <clears throat> ways is usually cheaper, and it, there's yeah. some, um, you mm. know, for me, like I wish I had a forklift for what I do now. And if I rented, <laughs> if I rented a <laughs> yeah. space with two yeah. or three other people doing the same sort um, of thing, like yeah. you know, you just share a forklift. But like that's um, and same thing with yeah. like a uh, you know brazing setup. Like maybe you have the the head tube reaming and facing tools. Like those are pretty expensive. But if you can just share those mm. with somebody else, yep. like I know uh, Ian Sutton yeah. taught you fillet brazing. Well, he was sharing a shop with uh, Brian Hollingsworth in Boston at Fringe Union for a long time. Yeah. And I know that mm-hmm. they, they shared, I think they shared a, uh, Henry James frame fixture and some other stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, that just kind of, it, it really lowers the bar of entry and it allows you to get a lot more done, not to mention mm. the brain power when you can just ask questions to somebody who's right next to you and get their perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. I think that's the best way. Um, the one issue, I mean, um, problem is most frame builders, they're also machine geeks. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> when they get money, they want to buy new machines. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's the problem. I mean, you machines are nice, but you have to stop some way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they take up a lot of space. <laughs> it's never ending, you know, mm-hmm. like especially like city like Boston. Yeah, There's a lot of lot of cool old machines on uh, Craigslist.
0: Yeah, it's it's so. like because Boston had so much of that in industry, yeah. that stuff is so cheap now, and a lot of it's mm. beat up and used. But like, you'll yeah. see stuff that's going to scrap that's like still usable for the purposes of bike mm. frame building, and you can get it for like scrap price. All you need yes. to do is show up with a trailer and move it. And like, <laughs> if you're someone like me, like that would just be yeah. too tempting. And it's it's yeah. almost like that where I'm at and you know, it's, it's really easy to come by machines in that, that part of the country.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's most of what I had, um, for, for our discussion. Uh, you know, I think your, your work is particularly aesthetic and, and beautiful looking stuff. Thank you. And I definitely wanted to emphasize that in our discussion. And, and I think we got a lot of that out and, just uh, really appreciate you being on the call, and um, hope to see you at a, a trade show or something sometime soon.
1: Mm, I hope so. Yeah, when uh, when this craziness <laughs> is over. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Well, uh, thanks so much, and uh, talk soon.
1: Thank you, Joe.